Did you guys see uh, that shooting that happened two days ago? Uh, because don't worry, if you missed it, there was another one yesterday. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Falcon Heights, Minnesota. Two videos in two days of police fatally shooting two black men who, when you watch the video, did nothing to warrant them losing their lives. I took a break from the podcasts I've been working on to do a bit of an emergency podcast in light of the recent slaying of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile and the shooting of the 11 officers in Dallas. I have been very upset about this and needed to talk it out. I've, I've been at work most of the time and felt the need to go to my friend Brian, who I often talk about race issues with, every all kinds of issues with, but I knew he would be helpful in this situation. I just wanted to look to him at this time to discuss the state of affairs as they are. So today is July 8th. The shootings last night happened in Dallas. That was July 7th. So I'm trying to get this podcast out in a topical fashion in hopes that it can help anybody else having the same struggles out there right now. So here's my conversation with Brian McDonald. Brian McDonald, thanks for letting me come to your office on short notice. Sure. I, I'm here because of all the things that have happened in the news in the last couple of days. And one article that I read said, what not to do to your black friends? Don't don't go to them right now and ask them to, you know, kind of like, oh, don't okay. ask your black friends to placate you or, sure. or like, it's, but I'm like, well, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go straight to Brian. <laughs> sure. And I'm going to talk about the news of Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, He's family. He's not placating me. No. I think, uh, look at me. <laughs> See me. See me now. <laughs> um, okay, so the Alton Sterling thing happened. Right. And then right after Alton Sterling, I got on my Facebook. It was yesterday morning when I saw Philando Castile. Right. And it made my brain, you know, like, what? This just happened, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then I immediately felt very sad and distraught and like you know yeah you know we're always saying again again with everything whether it's a mass shooting or a black person getting killed by police right it's always like again well yes again right and um and then i saw in facebook a lot of people like going i don't know what to do i don't know what to do you know that right feeling so my idea of what to do yesterday was i got up I went to QFC and I bought a big poster board and a big marker and I just made a Black Lives Matter poster and then I put Alton Sterling mm-hmm. 37 and Philando Castile 32. I think that that's their ages. Uh-huh. And went to the quarter where Rite Aid is. Right. And it was a little scary, you know, like because I'm just was alone. Right. And I didn't know what to do with my feelings. And I didn't want to be just on Facebook, like liking things or right. There, there is good information on Facebook in the sense that some people write form letters to their representatives and give information about what to write, and mm-hmm. that that is helpful information. Sure. But I needed to get out of bed and do something, and I thought, well, I haven't taken to the streets mm-hmm. since Rodney King. Right. Like actually been in the actual streets, mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I'll go to the street. Now, doing it alone was, I was like, I'm, you know, you're just kind of putting yourself out there. Right. And, and a lot of different things happened. You know, there was, well, the first person said, get the fuck out of my way. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there were a few like, all lives matter. Oh, people. right. And right. some people really wanted to fight about that. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting, I thought a lot about that response. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. And, and then... But as I kind of eased into it, you know, I got honks of support. Mm-hmm. Like people honked. Um, a lot of people took pictures. Okay. And um, I got some hugs. Okay. And a lot of like people said thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, people of both black and white. Uh huh. Um, so I felt like it was okay. Well, I, you know, I felt like I did some net positive because I think. On that corner, it made people feel like something was happening. Right. Something. Sure. Some, it's like, oh, I saw all this shit in the news. Oh, look, there's a person with a sign. Right. 
This right. is because of that stuff I saw on the news. Right, right. So now, I mean, my plan was to get out again today mm-hmm. with the same sign in the same place. But now I'm afraid to go out there because of what happened with the police. I'm afraid to go out with a, my Black Lives Matter poster. Right. Because the t- it's different than it was yesterday morning. Right. Because the police were shot. Yeah. Right. And now I'm afraid that because police were shot, all of the things the police have done to to black men in this country is going to be erased. That, that's always what happens. Um, that's a long American tradition. Um, uh, that kind of thing happened with Native Americans and, it, and of course, happened with black people. And it's interesting because um, did we talk about Nat Turner? Not in our last conversation. Because, you know, Nat Turner was a, was a slave who, who um, uh, believed he was a messiah, believed he was a messiah. And he, he could read, but slaves weren't supposed to read, so they don't know how he learned how to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes there were secret schools, and you know. But anyway, he, he could read, and he read the Bible, and he thought, oh, there's a day of reckoning coming. And so uh, one day he decided, today's the day. He was a preacher, a slave preacher. And uh, he had some followers. And he got his followers together, and they killed all the white people on the plantation he was on. Then they went to a neighboring plantation and killed all the white people there. And they kept doing that. And it became a sort of panic in the country because they killed everybody. They killed little kids. They, the Quakers were the only people they didn't kill because Quakers were against slavery. Now, not condoning you know, killing all of those people. At the same time, what America never did, because they, they freaked out and got uh, harsher with their slaves and tried to, you know, they were afraid of a Nat Turner thing, but without understanding that they set that in motion, right? right. That, that slavery was violence. The violence didn't start with Nat Turner. Slavery was violent in every way. Well, it's surprising to me that there weren't more Nat Turners. There were actually more than that. There were lots of slave rebellions. We don't hear about them very uh-huh. often. There's a whole book. I have a book in here all about them. It but, just seems that seems perfectly sensible to me. Right. Yeah. So, so instead of asking America, instead of asking questions about, well, what did we do to create a Nat Turner, became all about how awful Nat Turner was. Okay. Right. It becomes that. It's like, well, yes. I'm not condoning people shoot the cops. I don't know anything about the people who shot them or anything. But uh, interestingly, I was talking to a friend. A friend was texting me, a black friend, and he was saying, uh, this is before the cops thing and all of that, that there was going to be a Nat Turner. Mm -hmm. Because that's what happens. You can't keep doing that to people. There are going to be people who respond in a way that you don't like if you don't take care of it. Well, I I just, I haven't... Since this happened, I haven't caught up on the news, and I've been at work last night, and then I was at work this morning. Just now I had MSNBC on, so I got to learn a little bit about the shooter, mm-hmm. who's ex-military. Okay. And so he's trained, and he's angry, and he was saying that he was angry about you know, Black Lives Matter, and he was angry about the, the men that have been executed right. by the police. Right. And you can only push somebody so far. Well, that's just it. That's just it. So, so you can't. You have to deal with the bigger problem, right? You have to deal with the systemic problem that um, the um, internalized bias that a lot of people have, not just the police, uh, because what that does, that internalized bias, because I can never figure out why people will often defend the police so vehemently without when you go look at this tape like this cop blew this guy away this has happened we've seen this is not the by far these two last two tapes are 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 not the newest i mean not the um it's not a new thing it's been going on since rodney king we've had videotape right so this is not new and in fact going back to the film news footage from the civil rights movement we've had footage we've seen it happen right but there's this automatic defense that people have the poli- uh, for the police, of the police, and it's because I think they think I'd be scared of that black guy too. That's the part they're not saying. Mm-hmm. I'd be scared of that black guy too. I mean, come on, that guy, he's huge. I don't know. Th- nothing bothers me. I shouldn't say nothing bothers me more. A few, few things right. get my, 
my dander up. <laughs> um, uh, with the big black guy thing really bothers me. Did you see last night who they who they thought the shooter was? Who it was not? Oh, it was shooter? not. Okay, yeah, it was. He it was, was a, a man exercising his Second Amendment open carry. Oh right. Oh sure. A black man. Right. And he became the suspect. Right. Right. Well, yeah. There's a thing about, um, and I, I've never understood it. Well, I shouldn't say I've never understood it. It took me a while to understand it. When a black man has some size on him, and I've heard this from people who would never, they're not racist. They would never say they were racist. They Mm -hmm. would never claim they were not racist. But there is this thing about a big black guy, and they'll say it like that. You know, I turn the corner, and there he was, this big black guy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a code for threat. Mm -hmm. His being big his being black means he hates me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's coming from you. That's coming from inside of you. So what you're saying is this guy doesn't have to do anything except exist to be a threat. Mm-hmm. Existing makes him a threat. So if that's the way regular people talk all the time, when they see a cop shoot a guy, they kind of think, I think, well, I'd be scared. It might have been an accident, you know, that they're scary. They scare me. Well, a cop, a cop can shoot you if the cop feels threatened. Right. You can feel threatened just by a person being big and black. Right. So therefore, you always have the right to shoot a big black person. Right. Right. According to the way the laws are written. Yeah. And this big black thing, it's oh, I see it in, in movies a lot. When, you know, like, oh, I was watching that movie, uh, oh, uh, Kick-Ass from that comic. And I didn't read the comic, but I was watching it on cable one night. And when the bad guy shows up, or one of the bad guys shows up, the one of the henchmen, he's a big black guy. It's like, I think the one of the first black guys you see. There might be some side character who's black, but when when they need a threat, he's a black guy. And that is so common; it's unbelievably common. Uh, I see it in commercials. There was a commercial a few years ago where a guy was asking questions. I don't know about computers or cell phones or something and he was going up and he was asking strangers hey how do i do blah 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 and how do i do this and just strangers and they're like what this guy's crazy and then he walks up to a a big black guy and he starts to ask the question and then he goes uh never mind and that's just a commercial Mm. right so it's everywhere Mm. all the time so until people deal with that the cops are going to do what they're doing it's not going to stop because the cops come from the general population. They don't come from Mars. They come from the general population. And as long as the general population has this implicit bias that makes them go, well, I'd be scared too. Those people scare me. They're more violent than we are, blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, there's going to be problems. And so people st- have to stop focusing in a way on the police and focusing on themselves. Because I know for a fact white people could stop this tomorrow. If they wanted to. As a group, mm-hmm. individual white people can't stop it. Right. But as a group, white people could go, we don't like our citizens being gunned down like that. We're not going to stand for that. We're going to make sure these laws get passed. We're going to make sure there's citizen review boards. We're going to make sure that we don't have an automatic bias towards the police. We're going to make sure. Like, they could do that. But as long as you think what the police are really doing is protecting them against me, Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything about it. It's an unfortunate, it's not like they wish it on anybody, but it's unfortunate collateral damage. I don't know. I, right now, I'm, I mean, aside from writing my representatives, you know, writing all the letters, you know, and going back out in the street. I'm, I I just, like yesterday's, like, cavalcade of events, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you're right, I mean, it's like, I was watching the news, and they were like, this is the worst that it's ever, it's like, but it's not really, because I remember in the the 90s, I'd go visit you in LA, right, and before Rodney King, yeah, you had stacks of transcripts of what police radio Oh, that was right after Rodney King. Oh, that was right that. after that was right Rodney after King? Rodney King. Okay. But, um, yeah, but I'll tell you what was interesting about Rodney King to me. Rodney King, um, 
you know, uh, what that happened in 92, I think, 92, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it was 92. It was 92. So, okay, so I had lived in L.A. for a little while, and there would be police beatings caught on tape, or police beating people caught on tape, um, occasionally on the news. And I would see it, and I would be sort of outraged, and the next day I would talk to my friends about it, my white friends, and they would be like, "We need, what? We don't? They, it was like completely off their radar completely off their radar but it was on the news like it wasn't like it was a secret mm-hmm. i watched some long beach police officers on a videotape um start go to a party and beat a guy up i think he was a hispanic guy and they and they beat him up and uh, they had this all on videotape and he passed out from being beaten and they held him up and they kept beating him but that wasn't that didn't become national news that was not a big thing i have a theory about why rodney king became national news and it's not because it was more brutal I'd seen plenty of brutal things. And in fact, I still have VHS tapes of when the Rodney King tape first showed up on TV because I didn't know it would become news and I wanted proof that it happened because when I would tell my white friends, they'd go, I know what you're talking about. So I started taping. I tape. I have like every news thing about Rodney King from when it, from the moment it broke as news for, for a while. Oh. Because I I thought I needed proof. I didn't know it would become big news, and I think it became big news be, is um, because there was no news. Well, I mean, well, yeah. the the the, um, the Gulf War had just ended, right? And all the news was a parade, a parade here, a parade there. All the news was the Gulf War ended. Here's a parade in this city. Here's a parade in this city for the you know for the vets and all of that. And I think they were like, all we're doing is parade stuff. And I just think it was a good dramatic piece of footage that allowed them to make news out of it. I don't think anybody cared any more than they did before um, because they didn't, there was stuff just as bad that I had seen. Well, I feel like, and my, you know, it's getting to be a long time ago now, but I feel like I visited you before Rodney King in LA and I feel like you showed me footage of other things. I probably did. And so that by the time the Rodney King beating happened, I was like, oh, this is the stuff that Brian was showing me. Right. So it wasn't, um, you know, you had already showed me stuff just as bad as that. Right. And um, and then you, you had Harry the Cop, your book, mm-hmm. and that was pre-Rodney King. I wrote it pre-Rodney King. It came yeah. out the first day of the riots. Oh, okay. But I wrote it pre-Rodney King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, living in L.A. at that time was really interesting because uh, there was a musician in my, in my building, uh, like a producer, uh, he was just starting out, but he was starting to get some pretty big gigs and stuff. And I remember he had a recording studio in our little the little closet in his studio apartment, and he mm-hmm. would bring people in. And anyway, he um, he came, he knocked on my door one day because I had a car, and he didn't. And he wanted me to help him uh, like pick up a musician. Mm-hmm. This musician had been um, in a band I'd like when in high school. He'd been in uh, Cameo. You know that band? Yeah, Cameo. <laughs> he had been in Cameo, and I go, really? He was in Cameo? He goes, yeah, come help me pick him up. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I'll come. So it was kind of late at night, so we go pick him up. And then I realized, uh, I don't know this guy, this musician guy I knew a little bit because he lived in my building. Um, his name was Life. And uh, he sort of wanted to be Prince, it seemed like to me. Life, he, everything about him was very Prince-like. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, so uh, so life and I are in the car and this other guy's in the car and I don't know this other guy at all. And he's like, well, you have to drop me off. I have to pick something up. Right. So I'm like, oh, OK. So I drop him off at this place and he's in there for a while. It's kind of shady. And I don't know this guy. So I don't know if he's getting drugs. I don't know what the deal was. Mm-hmm. So so I wait for him. They get back in the car and uh, then we're driving. Then I realize that I felt like a criminal just because we were three black men in a car late at night, that we were a target, that we we would be profiled and be singled out. So I was, the whole time, I'm frightened for my life now. And then this guy, who I don't know, starts talking about the drugs that he has, and he starts talking about the gun that he keeps with him all the time. Now, I don't know this guy. There's no way the police are ever going to believe I don't know that guy. Right. Right. So you must have been pretty scared. I was petrified. Yeah. I was petrified. Yeah. Yeah. Because you always like to stay, you've always stayed very clean with the law. Yeah. Out of fear for your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
because yeah. you always get accused of stuff regardless. So. It doesn't make any difference, doesn't right? Make so it, no. yeah. So um, so try to yeah. So I've tried to uh, stay clean that way and not call attention to myself. Sure. Um, but that was that was a frightening experience, and all we were doing was driving, and all I did was say, "Sure, I'll help you drive your friend someplace." Mm-hmm. And it was like I shouldn't have done that. And I realized just being three black guys in a car was a virtual crime. Three mm-hmm. black guys in a car late at night was basically a crime. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know. I mean, you've described to me how you'd be escorted out of Beverly Hills. I was always. I always had a police escort in and out of Beverly Hills. Um, I had a friend who lived Beverly Hills adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, just over um, Whitworth is the street, was the street that separated Los Angeles proper from Beverly Hills. And the funny thing was, if you and he lived on the other side of Whitworth into the Los Angeles side. Mm-hmm. And um, Pico in Rexford. And uh, But I remember, um, so um, if you stood in the middle of Whitworth, you could see... You could, on the street, you could see a really nicely paved Beverly Hills side mm-hmm. and a potholed Los Angeles side right down the middle. It was hilarious. Uh, but, but you know, I had to drive from where I lived to where he lived. I don't know. I could drive through Beverly Hills. It was a kind of a shortcut. And I could, I could, it would be like, I'd be in there like, I don't know, four or five blocks. I'd drive through Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. But I always got the attention of the police who at that time, and maybe still do, had more police per capita than any other city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so they'd go, oh, lone black guy. So they would get, you know, they would just follow me all the way to Whitworth. Right. Stop and turn around. Yeah. 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 Just hoping you don't have a broken tail light. Yeah, exactly. There was a guy back then who used to go to Beverly Hills and take a walk, black guy. Mm-hmm. He would go to Beverly Hills and take a walk and get arrested. It was a protest thing he used to do. Just... Like, today I'm going to go take a walk. And it, and he would just happen to be arrested. Yeah, so that was his protest. That he would go take a walk through Beverly Hills and get arrested. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they just found stuff to arrest him for. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's an awesome protest. It really puts him out, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> I know. God. Yeah. I think so, you can find him somewhere, his info. So, right now, as things stand right now with... The re- and I know you said you weren't up on the most recent events. Right. Um, on your, you know, shit meter of all this stuff, where are you at? I mean. Um, here's, here's my issue. This is bad, of course. But. For me, when people say something like uh, Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. we're talking about it in terms of uh, the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. But there's also the educational system, right? A couple of years ago, uh, well, maybe it was maybe five years ago now at the most, there was a woman, black woman, who registered her kids in a school that was not in her district because it was a better school. Her I think her father lived in that school district. So she just put that as the kid's address. So she's a black woman going to a predominantly white school, but she wants her kids to have an education, right? Because the way the schools are funded, right? Mm-hmm. It's property taxes. And if you're in a poor district, it's a poor school, right? And mm-hmm. people are cool with that. Shouldn't be cool with it, but they are, mm-hmm. right? So, so she says she lives in this other place in order to get her kids an education. She's arrested. She gets arrested and taken to jail. She's in handcuffs. If you look her up, you'll see her. She's in, she goes to jail, essentially for getting, trying to get her kids an education, which is, is, is as old as this country. It's as old as this country. What? You want to learn how to read? Right? Right. right. It's as old as this country. A woman went to jail. It's on tape. Like, it's a modern event. She went to jail. Right? And when I tell white people, People, they say, often say, white people do that all the time. It's like, that's what we're talking about. The things that you do all the time, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. That we can be killed or jailed for. That's what we're talking about. And the fact that you try to get your... So it becomes this weird thing where it's like, why don't they educate themselves? Oh, you're trying to get educated? 
where you're going to jail or why don't they educate themselves so you do you work hard you get a position and everybody goes well they only got it because you're black right right right, right? Mm-hmm. It does, it's this weird thing so black lives matter is a bigger broader thing and i think that people should i think it's an easy thing to look at the cops and go that's really awful and then go to your workplace where everybody's white and go isn't that terrible yeah that's awful and not go Hey, how come nobody of color works here? Right, right, right. right? Mm-hmm. So for me, Black Lives Matter, it's like, no, it's all of it, right? Yeah, it's not just, uh, you're saying it's not just a movement about pr- police brutality. It's, it's Well, it can't be, right? Right, because it's all of these things. It's the deprivation of education. Right, right, which then continues poverty which then you know what i mean like right um and it's also when you when a when a population is over policed Mm -hmm. right as black communities are and so everybody knows every study will tell you that white kids do drugs at the same rate as black kids Mm -hmm. the white kids a little more actually but right but not much it's virtually the same Mm -hmm. um but white kids are not policed the same way. So they're just having fun smoking a little pot. That's all they're doing. Right. Right? But the black kids, oh my God, they're smoking pot. Right, right. It's a yeah. whole different thing. And they can go to jail, right? So well, they're they, going to get stopped and seized, you know, right. search and seizure more often. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, but I was with white kids in high school. They were getting high and I wasn't. The cops came and frisked me, not them. Right. Right? Yeah. They didn't care about them. Oh, yeah, they all have pot in their back, backpacks. <laughs> yeah, did, did not care about them. Yeah. So, uh, and I was standing, I mean, literally standing right next to white kids who were doing what I wasn't doing. I was standing right next to them. So infuriating. It was. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, it's things like that. Or like when I walked into the, did I talk about this last time when I walked into an editor's office when I was at a comic book company and... Somebody said they needed writers, and they were going to introduce me to the editor. And I walked in, and he looked at me, and he said, "Oh, we only work with established professionals." No, you didn't say that last time, but yeah. that's what he said. He didn't know anything about me. That's I had it. a bag full of that's published it. work. I had a bag full of published work. He looked at me and said, "Didn't get to see my stuff." He just said, "We only work with established professionals," and he was done with me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's a Black Lives Matter thing, too. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like. Oh, I'm not allowed to, I'm not even allowed to interview with you for a job. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. We don't, we don't need, no, it's okay. Right. The, um, uh, the black woman who changed her, did we talk about this woman? I forget what, there's a woman who, um, she's a black woman and she had her resume out on like monster, whatever, one of those. No, we didn't talk about that. So. She, she, I think she was an accountant or something, and she had her resume up there and uh, was getting no, no traction. No, nobody was writing her. Nobody was inquiring about her. Um, uh, but she, you could fill out a thing that says your, your race. Now, you can, you can decline to fill it out, and they say it's not going to hurt you, I guess. It'll not hurt you if you answer this way. We just want it for our records and mm-hmm. keep track of things, statistics and blah, blah, blah. So she filled it out. She says she's black. Nothing. She then changes it, her profile, to say, to be neutral, because you can be neutral and say, I choose not to answer. She got a few more responses, Mm -hmm. but they were all for a place she'd have to move and whatever. So then she changed her name Mm -hmm. to, I forget her name, her real name, but she changed her name to Bianca White. (laughs) Said she was white in Uh the thing. Um, Nothing else uh, changed. She changed her phone number to a cell number or something so they couldn't trace it back to the original right. thing. She did that kind of stuff. But she, nothing on the resume changed at all. And then she got hits. She got all kinds of calls. Yeah. 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 She got all kinds of responses. The same day she started getting responses. So do you think with this, what you say, like, um, you know, it's all well and good that people are thinking about or care about Black Lives Matter and this and that, but something that... You did say last time that I think about where you said there's no difference between a company saying we won't hire you because you're black and just not hiring you. Right. What's the difference? Right. So do you think maybe something that white people could do even right now in their moment of, um, you know, is just look around their workplace? 
I think so. I think it would be really interesting. I have this idea. Nobody will ever do this idea, but I think it would be cool. Because, you know, whatever your advantage is disappears, right? Sure. You, don't, you don't acknowledge your advantage, whatever that is, right? So I see my problems, right? But I don't always see what it gets me to be a man. Sometimes I do. Right. Sometimes I go, oh, I probably wouldn't have this suit job or this thing you know whatever especially if i was a black woman if i was still black <laughs> right right i can i can see it then uh-huh. often um, and i try to see it but it's often invisible so white people don't usually know they're white like it doesn't occur to them when you ask white people what it means to be white or what it's like to be white it's a baffling question lots sure. of people have done these sort of experiments yeah. and talked to them it's a baffling question because it's like well i never think about it so what that means is that a room full of white people is not a room that is full of anybody with ra- that has race attached to them, right? Right. Like uh, uh, my friend August Wilson, the playwright, he said he was on a panel once, black playwright. He's on a panel once. Everybody else on the panel is white. And somehow a question comes up about race to somebody, one of the panelists. And the guy says to August or says about August, well, you should ask August. That's a question for August. He writes about race. And August said, I don't write about race. Right. He didn't. He wrote about black people. Right. Right? Yeah. But for the for that guy, that's the same thing as writing about race. Right. But if you write a play with all white people, that's not writing about yeah, race. If you write about white people, you're not writing about race. Yeah. It's just but a, you it's blank are. slate. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing. So so my my idea is that uh, there would be these t shirts. Mm-hmm. And everybody who was white would have to wear that t-shirt one day. They just said white. So they would go into a room and they'd go, oh, look, everybody here is white. Or there's one person who's not. Or or male. Or, right, right, right. Like you change it every day mm-hmm. so that people can, so their advantages become visible. So that they look in the room and they go, everybody here is white. Because otherwise they will not see it. And it's yeah. to their advantage not to see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I see it, I'll have to feel guilty. I'll have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then I can I can blame the pipeline. I can blame all these other things, right? That's the problem with seeing it, too, is that people go, well, sure, there's only white people here, but it's not because anybody here is racist, because people think of racists as, you know, gun racks, gun chewing, tobacco, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chewing gas. So, so they go, well, nobody here is racist. We all, you know, we can all quote, you know, Socrates, right? You know, right. how can you be racist? You know what I mean? When you've yeah. read uh, Aristotle or whatever, right? But it's like, no, no, you can still be racist. You can still carry those. You know, it's a, it's the country trains you to be that way, and it's an infection. It's not it's not blame. Mm-hmm. I don't blame people for it. So it's mm-hmm. not about that. But but you can't help but be infected by it. Um, and so um, I think people need to figure out that they're infected by those things. And, and then that's the first step. And then to ask themselves, why was I scared of that guy? Why didn't we hire that guy? Why did I assume that guy wasn't an established professional? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? That's how it changes. It, you, we, could, we could stop overt stuff with the police. But what happens is... When we stop anything overt, then the covert takes over. And then it becomes invisible. Um, it really becomes invisible to white people. People who are on the business end of it always see it, right? So my uncle tells me when he, in the 60s, um, when he was in high school, he, um, his counselor set him up with a job interview or something somewhere. This is here in Seattle. And he went down there and the guy looked at him. And he said, oh, uh, we don't hire black people. He goes, I don't think he said black people. The Bible says, probably said colored people or whatever Mm -hmm. they said back then, or Negroes, whatever. But he just said it. Oh, we don't hire Negroes. And my uncle said, it was so matter of fact. He goes, I didn't even get mad. It was so matter of fact. It was just, just was. Uh And it's like, when I hear that story and I hear we only work with established professionals, I hear essentially the same thing. Sure. Only one guy knows why he's saying it. And the other guy doesn't know why he's saying it mm-hmm. right well yeah i mean i i just got this job line cooking or whatever mm-hmm. everybody i work with is white mm-hmm. in this restaurant sure and lots of restaurants here on capitol hill right 
lots of restaurants in Capitol Hill. Yeah, it's true. Um, that place, Black Coffee, was one of the only places that had black baristas. Right. It's so hard to find a black barista anywhere. It is. It and was I, an open secret when Starbucks started. They didn't have black baristas or anybody of color. Right. The white people were up front. I had a friend who was a manager, a white guy who was a manager who would complain about that. It was always white people in the front, brown people in the back. Mm-hmm. But back to the, to the you know, what can we do? I mean, right there I see, why don't you, why don't you just hire somebody who's black? <laughs> right, 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 right. If black lives matter, <laughs> right, right. if you're in a position of hiring, right. hire someone black. Right. That might do a world of good right there. Right. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, there's, there's um, a kind of status attached to being a barista. Uh-huh. And where there's status, you're going to find a lack of people of color and often a lack of women, right? There's status, right? Yeah. There's status in being an airline pilot, right? So who gets to do it? So we need to bug all of our coffee places up here on Capitol Hill. Well, you know, what's interesting is that depending on where you live, and I see it changing slightly, but depending on where you live, I'm sure it's different in Atlanta or someplace with a huge black population, right? But there aren't that many black surfers. No, they're not. And there's a reason for that. It used to be there were a lot of black servers because that came straight off the plantation, right? The house servants that would serve the food, right? And cook the food, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, um, uh, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben's Rice, the Mm -hmm. chef, like that was a stereotype, like the black guy who cooked because they cooked on the plantations. They cooked for white people. That's what you did. My grandmother had a job like that. Like, that's what you did. You took care of white people. That was your job. And it's a servant's job. It's a service job, right? What happened was, this happened in construction, too, because construction was the same way, right? Slaves built the White House. Slaves built all those those antebellum, you know, those homes and everything. Mm-hmm. So carpentry was also one of those jobs that you could get, right, if you were a person of color. Well, the Depression came along. And guess what? White people needed those jobs. Mm-hmm. So they went away, black people, and never they never came back to black people. And now it's not even, it was like it was never there. But Aunt Jemima comes out of this mm-hmm. stereotype. Um, and, um, and Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the jobs that are racialized now for black people are security guard, uh, bouncer at a club, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those kinds of jobs. Jobs that really require your standing around and being black and scaring people. Right. 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 The big black. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're going to know we mean business because we've got a black guy at the door. Nobody's going to mess with us. Right. So if you have a message today for anybody listening on my podcast, what, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you want? I mean, like, my recommendation is to hire black people. But... Um, what what's your recommendation to affect change right now with the most recent events? Well, um, I'm not sure how to how to deal with right now, right? Because we deal with right now on occasion. Uh-huh. We we do it. I'm noticing it's about once a generation that um, this happens. So. Um, the Watts riots were in 1965, right? Mm-hmm. The year I was born, right? The the L.A. riots in 92 mm-hmm. were a generation later. I grew up and then saw what was happening and went, hey, this shouldn't be happening, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening now? It's another generation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is we deal with it at the moment, then white people go, good, everything's fine. And then it bubbles up again in 25 years mm-hmm. when people can't put up with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it seems to happen in cycles like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we need to take care of right now. But if we only take care of right now, we'll have this conversation in 25 years. Right. Right. So the the, the real issue, I think, is to examine. It, it really comes down to examining what it is to be white. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And understanding that there are advantages and things that you don't see. Really looking at your privilege. Yeah. As hard as you possibly can. Just looking at that. People don't want to admit that. Right. So just own it. Yeah, own it. 
and then you can deal with it. Yeah. Right. But if you always put the thing outside of yourself. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not me. It's everybody else. It's yeah, Right. Then you're not going to deal. There's no problem in the world you can deal with until you name it. Mm-hmm. Right. So unless you go, oh, I, I see. I was infected with this virus put in here by people I never met. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Who, you know, um, who wanted to found a country and created a racial hierarchy. Right. In order to make it operate. Yeah. Right. And I get certain advantages because it's a perpetual motion machine and it just keeps advantaging the same people. Sure. Right. right? I mean, everybody wants to think that they worked hard for what they got. Right. Nobody wants to think that they got a, a special like. Well, and it, well, here's what's interesting to me. This is how America works. People don't like Donald Trump. There are people who do, but right. people generally, they don't like Donald Trump. Right. But here, I, I'm constantly amazed at how people think, they still think he's smart, which is interesting to me. Um, it's fascinating because I think there's a bias there too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, he's just a jackass. Like, well, he knows how to work the media. It's like, you know, he's a jackass when he's not on TV, right? Like, right. Right, right. He told the woman she was disgusting for breastfeeding mm-hmm. in private not on tv right he's an idiot and he's and he's he he's just a jackass and we like to point the camera the jackass but that's another story that's a a soapbox thing i went on for a while but he um but here's what's interesting he was born rich and he is thought of as a financial genius right he was born rich that should disqualify him from, like, he's gone bankrupt. Like, if he was born poor, he wouldn't have any money now. Right. He's not actually good at what he does. Yeah, well, he's gone bankrupt several times. Right. Yeah. So he's not actually good at it. He's good at looking the part mm-hmm. of a guy that should have position and money and power. Mm-hmm. And so he does. But that's a system with, you know, the, 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 the people who started the country or at least to sign the paperwork, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We're all property, most of them, property-holding white dudes, rich white guys. Well, that system was set up for them, and it still benefits exactly those same people right now. Those are the, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those are always, those are the people at the top. Still, because the system was set up, it's working the way it was set up to work. Right? Right. And so, and so, um, yeah, people like to believe they worked hard. Donald Trump believes he worked hard for his money, but he yeah. didn't. He yeah. worked hard. At, I mean, if being born rich is a, if working hard, but he doesn't work any harder than my dad worked. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He, if he worked like my dad, it would kill him in a week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking, because I've got this job line cooking, mm-hmm. and it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah. Not only is there stuff I have to lift, but the menu and, like, all the memorization and the tickets come up. And it's like, and then I hear Trump say, well, I'll just learn it on day one. I'll just have people. It's like, you couldn't line cook. <laughs> right, right. You could not line cook. Right. No way. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I just think that, no, I think that people have to look at themselves and figure out how they respond, how they react, where their biases are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it can be a painful process for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe, you know, all of our well-meaning liberal white friends that are well-meaning and are good people just... Yeah, just... Admit that you might not be, I don't know, you just might not, you might be a little bit more of the problem than you think. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? it's okay. It's okay. And that's okay, but it, just look for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I see, you know, there's a lot of, oh, it's them, 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 them. Right. Everybody's them, them, them. Right. But, um, but like, where I are I mean, you? I've learned from you in conversations with you. You know, all the so many ways in which I fit right into a archetypical white <laughs> female. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. And 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 I don't like sit around and hate myself for sure. it. I just go, Oh, this is what Brian was talking about. Right. And then I I kind of self correct. Sure. That's exactly right, right? Yeah. So I think until people deal with this 
And, and I think it helps to think about it like a virus or an infection, yeah. right? I got infected with this thing sure. because the society infected me with it. Yeah. And that's okay. That's not anybody's fault. But if you're not willing to deal with it or look at it, yeah. you know, then that... It's also hopeful for me, you know, it when I... I have I have black friends that I can tr- I have black friends that can trust not only trust but they can call bullshit on me and it doesn't hurt my feelings. Right. It doesn't make me defensive. Right. Like you don't make me feel defensive if if you said even if it was embarrassing. Sure. You know, like Amy, I can't believe you. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yes. Yeah, I would just be like, ah, you know. Right. Um. That it would do a world of good. If. If people had, I don't know, I'm I'm learning to be more open to being wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's helping me, I think, be a better person. Sure. But but to have somebody where they don't feel defensive and that can call them out on something or teach them something because you don't have to know everything. Right. Right. Um, Yeah, that's I think that that's exactly it to be open to. You know, it's funny because. um, Robin DiAngelo, the anti-racist writer and speaker, she mm-hmm. talks a lot about this. As from being a white person, it's interesting to hear her talk about this stuff. But, um, and, and she talks about about just that thing, like you know, just take it, just listen, just take it. Right. Listening is a big one. Just yeah. listen. That's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. Because you often aren't listened to. So. I could tell that story I told you about walking into the guy's office and having him say, we only work with established professionals. And eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10, most white people will say, well, you don't know what he was thinking. You don't know. What were you wearing? What, 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 you know, all these, they'll, they'll try to. Like you said, maybe you to death. Maybe he was this. Maybe he was that. Maybe, you know, it's yeah. like. Yeah. But maybe it was just blatant racism. Right. Maybe it was that too. Yeah. Like, like at least give me that. Like, yeah. like you know. Um, to be discounted, you know, that, that happens with, when you're a woman, it happens with right. sexist things. Yes. And when you're black, happens, you know. But it's like, God, can you just, like, listen and acknowledge that maybe this really did happen? Right. And what, what skin in the game do you have for that not to happen to me or happen to you? Right. You know, I think the skin in the game is um, that defense of the system is that system actually benefits me. Right. Right. The system benefits me. So I'm going to defend the system. It benefits me. Even if I don't acknowledge it, even if I don't, I'm going to defend it. Right. You know, I know that I'm the cops aren't going to bother me because they're bothering you. And that's kind of OK with me. Right. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of OK with me. That's what they should say. You know, I, I think, did I tell you about the guy who was smoking pot out, out in front of, uh, just on the street in front of where he works, uh-huh. coffee shop where he works. He was drinking a beer and he was smoking pot. And uh, he goes, oh, you want some beer? You want?" I go, and both those things you can't do in public, and, and yeah, right? It's illegal. And I said to him, he's a white guy, young white guy. And I said, oh, way to rub your privilege in front of me like that. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, no doubt. And he, he laughed. He thought it was like, oh, man, I dude, I never thought about it. It's like, yeah. Well, good. He said that. Yeah, he was cool. He's cool. He's cool. He just doesn't know. He's but could... a light went on Yeah. when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, those are just things you can do. You don't expect there to be any trouble. Right. And there won't be any trouble, right. trouble for him. Yeah. And the weird thing, too, it was out in front of the place where he works. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Things I couldn't even imagine doing. Right. You know, it's just, it's no big deal. And and I think if people figured out that, oh, I get to do things. I get the benefit of the doubt. I get this, I get that, whatever it is, right? Right. Um, you know, you're probably not going to lose a job before you say hello. Right. Right? Uh-huh. That's an advantage. It doesn't feel like one. You walk in, the guy sits down, and that seems like a normal, you know, it's almost as if advantage is, is almost the wrong word. There seems there needs to be another word that lets you know that other people are not get because it just seems normal. Nobody who walks down the street and isn't bothered by the cops understands that's an advantage. That's just them walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just walk down the street. Yeah, I don't know that I didn't get arrested today. Right? How could you know that? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's partly why it's invisible. How could sure. you know that? Mm-hmm. And so when you say you have an advantage, they go, "No, I don't." I saw a guy yelling at a cop and it was really disturbing to me Mm -hmm. um it was a it was a traffic you know like a ticket uh 
parking attendant guy, okay. cop. And a guy was getting a ticket. It was a parking enforcement officer, yeah. not a cop? Yeah, I guess okay. so. But they're okay. police, right? Uh, Yeah. I guess they're part of the police department. Yeah. 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 And anyway, so this guy um, had gotten a ticket, apparently. White guy. And he was yelling at this officer. And, and um, the way he was yelling at that officer, the officer was black, was a total lack of respect in a weird it was weird mm-hmm. it it really it bothered me because i went oh i see because this is what happens right it's like when skip gates got arrested in his own house right the you know the black they had the beer summit remember the guy got arrested um he's a harvard professor black guy he's like 60s he walks with he's in the 60s he walks with a cane and he had locked himself out of his house so he's getting into his own house and the cops got called and he got arrested oh okay i don't know that news story yet. oh okay okay yeah. It, it was a big deal at, at the moment because yeah. uh, Barack Obama made the mistake of saying he thought the cops acted stupidly and everybody jumped on him. Oh, I go in and out of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. everybody jumped on him because yeah, it wasn't yeah he was siding with the black guy and you know yeah. So uh, he he did, he stopped saying stuff like that after that because mm-hmm. America went what, what what you know we don't like to think of you as a black guy we just want you to be our president we don't want to think about that part of it right. So whatever you do, don't let us know you're black in any of your perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't mm-hmm. bring your experience to bear here. Right, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. No, I watch him toe that line. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, parking enforcement officer. Oh, yeah. Well, well Skip Gates, because Skip Gates, you know, he, he's, a, he's a big deal. And a Harvard professor, and he's got a TV show on PBS, and he's kind of a big deal. And when he got arrested, he said... Um, and they didn't play this part very often on the news, but he said, this is what happens to black men in America. Mm-hmm. And the, what he felt was this thing where I did everything right. Mm-hmm. I won the game. I'm a Harvard professor. Mm-hmm. You know, most white people aren't Harvard professors, right? Mm-hmm. Even most academics you know, mm-hmm. aren't Harvard professors. Like he reached the top and he still got put in the back of a police car and hauled off to jail. Right. Right. Um, that would not have happened. He could have been a cantankerous. Well, but he was a Har- if he was a Harvard professor, he never would have been arrested if he had been a white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. Ne- yeah, he never would have been a sixty. 60- guy walks with a cane. Yeah, like no. people would have thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were, like really, <laughs> no. But but um, and so there's this kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Well, I mean, back to the the guy yelling at the parking oh, enforcement yeah, officer. You. It's like you wouldn't see that kind of disrespect. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. It you was, know, I mean, it's a blatant disrespect for the position and yeah. the badge. Yeah, just take your ticket. I understand complaining. I understand it's a pain to get a ticket. I get all of that. But the, the guy was in, the, I mean, yelling in his face. And I could see it on the black guy like, seriously? Yeah. I'm actually, I actually work for the police department. Right. I could see it. Um it was really amazing. And this but he guy, had to be humiliated. Yeah. 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 I, and I could see it. And that's, you know, that goes to the guy yelling uh, during the joint session of Congress, you lie. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the president. Something that's never happened. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what racism looks like. That's what it looks like. And I, I don't want to talk. It's the office of the presidency. Right. And someone screamed, you lie. I mean, never, never has that. That's never happened. Yeah. That's what racism looks like. And I'm tired I'm really tired of talking around racism. Mm-hmm. People won't call out racism very often. Mm-hmm. So what they'll say often is, I don't want to say the guys are racist. I don't know if the guys are racist. Mm-hmm. I don't, they'll, they, they, that was a racist thing. To, that guy, I'll say he's a racist. He's a racist. I don't know why you won't, like talking around it is also a problem. Right. 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 Yeah. It's yeah. also a problem. Yeah. You know? So we need to stop talking around it. It's because racism, um, uh, as again Robin DiAngelo says, uh, for most white people, racism is good or bad. There's a good bad binary. So you're a good person or a bad person, and bad people are racist. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a good person, I can't be racist. Right. So if you're saying that's a bad person, mm-hmm. that's why people are talking around racism. Right. Because they don't. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. you don't, if that has nothing to do with it, right? you can be a good person. You can be a good person and do a racist thing. Yes. You know, you can even do 
uh, oblivious racist thing and then realize it was racist afterwards and then atone for it. Right. That can happen. That can happen. And it's, you know, and yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, oh, you were saying something that reminded me of something else, which is uh, true. I think it, maybe because I just sent these links of uh, Robin DiAngelo to somebody. I've been thinking about her uh-huh. and the things she says. But one of the things she says that is absolutely true. She's talking to two white people about this. She goes, if you have a black friend mm-hmm. and you aren't talking about race and racism, they're probably not as close as you think they are. And I can definitely say that's true of a lot of my white friends who I can't talk to. Because I can't mention this thing that might happen when they're standing right next to me or that right. might happen. Right? I can't bring it up because if I bring it up, it's all about, oh, you read into things. And it becomes an argument I don't want to have. Yeah. Like, why do you want to keep that? Yeah. So yeah. it's this barrier, mm-hmm. you know. I guess it's probably like being closeted or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't talk about who I'm seeing. I can't talk about... They mm-hmm. can. I can't. Right. It's right. that kind of thing right. where it's a barrier between you and the rest Your of the world. Your experiences are invalidated. Right. Yeah. So you just don't talk about it. And so that's just one part of your life that they never get to hear about. Right. And so there's always a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have friends, you know, that I wouldn't... That are more like third fourth tier friends that i wouldn't want to bring up you know right certain kinds of things that happen to me because i don't it's like i don't i just really don't want to be invalidated right i know i'm right, right and i don't want to hear about it right you know i just i know that this happened i don't want to be told that i saw a ghost <laughs> right 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 yeah. exactly so we're just not even gonna go there yeah and so they they you know i think that and that's the other thing too i think that people don't hear about the things they don't want to hear about Right. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, this stuff happens all the time that's happened with the police in terms of uh, killing black guys. And, you know, that happens all the time. Or just the, just the, the Ferguson's a good example, right? It took the killing of somebody in Ferguson, right? Um, making national news for people to look at Ferguson. But Ferguson was already a problem. Ferguson was always, already exploiting that black population to support itself financially, mm-hmm. right? So it was already uh, ticketing people. And then finding them for not being able to pay their ticket. And then, right? So it was, it was, they had a financial model that was built on the harassment uh-huh. of the black population. You could say that to white people before somebody was killed there. And they would shrug. Right. Oh, that's really awful. Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's what leads to people being killed. That's what leads to, like, you got to stop it. You got to nip that stuff in the bud. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you got you got to, you have to see the corruption as leading somewhere else. Oh, mm-hmm. I see that will lead to this other thing, or the dehumanization as leading somewhere else. You know, I, I often, if a cop shoots a black guy, I you know I I I have this thing, and if I talked about it before, where I I really try to put myself in both positions, mm-hmm. and if I put myself in the position of a police officer who shoots somebody. Uh, because they were scared, mm-hmm. right? I think that person just became a victim of that racism too. Oh. Right? Yeah. Right. So but, you're 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 being able to empathize and go into that like they they're part of the they're part of this ill society. You're saying right. And so what happens was, be, be, but because like, for instance, maybe they don't want to kill anybody. Maybe they don't want to, like, I didn't want to kill anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. They have to live with that. And, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of people, uh, you know, they, you know, they gun a guy down for nothing. You're going to hear about it. Right. But what triggered in their brain, the subconscious bias that they had that got triggered, that made them pull that trigger uh-huh. is what they have just now become a victim of. Right. Right. Now yeah. they killed somebody. Right. Um, And I think that that's the other thing that people don't understand is that dealing with this is not just for me. It's not just for other black people. It's for yourself. Right. Like there was a woman, there was a serial killer in, I think it was Vancouver Mm -hmm. 15 years ago or something. The serial killer in Vancouver and he was killing prostitutes. And they talked to a prostitute about this, like, what are, you, what are you doing? Are you scared? I think prostitution was legal there, so I think you okay. you're right. So they're talking to this prostitute, and she says, well, I'm being careful. 
you know, if a car comes up, and if it's a black guy, it won't get in. Mm-hmm. Well, most serial killers they're are not, white. Yeah, they're not black. Right? Yeah. So, right? Yeah. Right there, she's, she's setting herself up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So, that bias is hurting her. Right. People don't understand that that bias can hurt them. She'd get right into Ted Bundy's gold bug. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. So pe- I think people re- need to figure out. I mean, think about it. If you had um, a terrible disease and you needed an, uh, a surgery, would you want the best surgeon you could get? Well, yeah. Well, if we're eliminating the women who could be doing that, the black yeah. people who could be doing that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um from ever getting to that position, we don't know if we have the best people doing those things. We don't oh, know yeah. if the best people are flying our planes. We don't know if the best people, we don't know. Well, that's all, yeah. And that's another just terrible thing about sexism and racism and is that we're, we could have people finding out the keys to the universe or right. making the next, engi- you know, rocket, whatever, what whatever the thing. Right. And then, but we're not getting the best talent because we're just looking to the guy who can solve the Rubik's Cube. Right. Or whatever. Right. You know, that might not be the guy. Right. Right. It might not be the person. Right. The job. Yeah, but we're just looking. We're looking in certain areas, and yeah. we're ignoring other areas. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, well, you're getting what you're getting, but you, you certainly. A friend of mine, who uh, is, uh, he works in games. He's an illustrator. I had a black guy, and he said um, he, he was trying to get a. They, he worked on a very popular game, and he was trying. They were going to make a movie. And he wants to work in movies, so he was trying to get a job on the production team, like doing production art, mm-hmm. uh, pre-production art on the movie. And he did a lot of design on the game, but they would never give him the job on the movie. Like, well, and they kept making excuses for sure. it, and, you know. And he says, oh, yeah, they let other guys who didn't do as much work on the game work on the movie, yeah. but not me. And he said, you know, if we let black people do what they're capable of, we'd probably have colonies on Mars. And it's like... <laughs> And I, I, can't, I couldn't really argue with him. No, we don't. I, we don't. We don't. We're know. all missing out. Yes, we're, we're, the, the society is missing out on talent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, I took a picture uh, the last time uh, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I was taking a walk, and I always have my camera with me. And I took a picture. There were some Black Lives Matter uh, protester guys with signs. Two black guys standing right in front of the police department. Okay. And the picture I got is of a, of a white woman. Excuse me. I could barely get her in the frame because she was so far away. Like, oh, my God, those guys are over there. Her body language is closed. She's waiting for it to cross the streets. Her body language, her arms are folded. Oh, she, I saw that picture. Yeah. You sent that to me. I did. I love that one. Yeah, it's really fascinating. She's yeah. way on the edge of the frame. I She's can barely fo- fit. freaked out. She's freaked out. Out and she doesn't have to be freaked out, right? She could say yes, that's true. She could engage them, uh-huh. but they scared her. Yeah, and it's a strange thing when fighting for your life scares people. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to totally absorb that. Yeah, huh? I'm just saying, stop killing me. That's scary to me. Stop frightening me with your desire to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm I'm wilting. Okay, yeah, it's very hot in it's here. It's very hot we, in this here. This is the deal. We do you this. Come when it's very I hot. I come here. to you. Yeah. Is that the Maltese Falcon on your desk? It is the Maltese Falcon on my oh desk. Oh my god, I love you. And it, WJM News, I love it. <laughs> it's not the actual Maltese Falcon, it's a fake. <laughs> But the one in the movie was a fake. There you go. <laughs> so, so it's it's the meta. It's Malcolm's not the fault. fake that was the fake in the movie. No. Is that what you're saying? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah. I, I just had the biggest desire to come talk to you today. I'm glad you did. I, I hope I said, I don't know what I said, so I hope I said something useful. You said a lot of things useful. Okay. And um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to know how to move forward with being the, um, no, I, I, I've come away with ideas. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Even if it's just, hey, why don't you hire a black person? <laughs> right, right, right. To the manager. Right. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, I, I honestly think that that's a really good way to, I think today, so. yeah. you know, I think start that's with true. something. I think people could look around and do that kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, well, I could just do this instead of that. Like, it's, yeah. it's really easy. Yeah. You know? Um, that's a takeaway. Oh, good. For sure. Good. And I'm still going to, you know, protest with my sign. We'll see how that goes. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> See. Um, but thank you. Sure. All right. Bye, Brian. Put Bye, Amy. principles down on paper and called it the Constitution. And it's been helping us run our country ever since then. The first part of the Constitution is called the Preamble and tells what those founding fathers set out to do. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility.